the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Sometimes the Lord will lead us into a time of testing. Not a time of temptation to sin, but a time of testing. And the Lord leads us into a time of testing to reveal to us what's really in our heart. To show us if we really trust the Lord or not. To show us if we really believe His promises or not. To show us if we really believe His Word. In your faith, have you ever felt tested by the Lord? Have you felt like you're doing everything right, only for trials and tribulations to come your way? In today's message, Pastor Dan wants you to know that sometimes God does test you, but it shouldn't be discouraging. He tests you to draw you even closer to Him and make sure you know where your faith really stands. When the storms of life are hitting you hard, never give up. God will always be by your side to get you through the most difficult times. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 4 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. chapter 4. We're going to look at a couple passages in Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, fifth book of the New Old Testament, Deuteronomy, Exodus, and Psalm 78. So Deuteronomy, Exodus, Psalm 78. If you want to go ahead and find those so that you can turn there quickly when the time comes. Deuteronomy, Exodus, Psalm 78, and Matthew chapter 4. Deuteronomy, Exodus, Psalm 78, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, It is written, again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. 
And then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now, Matthew wrote this gospel to Jews primarily, and he wrote this gospel to show that Jesus is the Messiah and King of the Jews that was promised in the Old Testament. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but I, I say that at the beginning of every teaching in Matthew, that it was written to Jews, that he's writing it to show that Jesus is the Messiah and the King of the Jews promised in the Old Testament. I keep repeating that so that when you come to the Gospel of Matthew, you're going to think, this is written to Jews, this is showing me that he's the Messiah and the King of the Jews that was promised in the Old Testament. I want that to get ingrained in your, in your mind. In chapter 3, Jesus began his public ministry with his baptism by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And, and through his baptism, remember, Jesus identified with sinners like us. And praise the Lord for that. And at his baptism in, in Matthew chapter 3, uh, when he came up out of the water, uh, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And so Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit. At the beginning of his ministry, Luke's gospel tells us that at that point, Jesus was filled with the spirit. That's the word that Luke uses. He was filled with the spirit. And then everything that Jesus did in his public ministry, he did by the power of the spirit. Even though Jesus is God and remained God in his incarnation, he didn't rely upon his divine power. He didn't rely upon his deity. He relied upon the power of the Holy Spirit for everything. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Jesus made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Jesus chose to divest himself of his divine power, not, not his deity. He remained God, but he chose to lay aside his divine power and rely upon the Holy Spirit in his humanity. And he did that to be an example to us. An example of a spirit-filled life. A life that is entirely controlled by and led by the Holy Spirit. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, it says that we should walk just as Jesus walked. Jesus walked in the Spirit. Now look at verse 1 of chapter 4. Immediately after Jesus was baptized by John and filled with the Spirit, he was led up by the Spirit. So he's led by the Spirit. He was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness or desert to be tempted by the devil. Now, the word tempted here, it means to test or to prove. Jesus is led by the Spirit into a time of testing, a time of proving. Right here at the very beginning of his ministry, at the opening of the ministry, he is led into a time of testing. Sometimes the Lord will lead us into a time of testing. Not a time of temptation to sin, but a time of testing. And the Lord leads us into a time of testing to reveal to us what's really in our heart. To show us if we really trust the Lord or not. To show us if we really believe his promises or not. To show us if we really believe his word or not. You know, I, I've said this before, but someone has said that Christians are like tea bags. You don't know what flavor they are until they're in hot water. You know, it's, it's easy to, you know, praise the Lord. 
when things when things are easy. But sometimes the Lord will lead us into a time of testing. To reveal to us what's really inside, what's really in our hearts. To really show us the depth of our faith. Jesus was led into the wilderness for a time of testing. Look at verse one, a time of testing by the devil. There is a devil. There are demons. There is a a spiritual realm at work all around us. You know, the devil has many different names in the Bible. For example, he's called the accuser, the adversary, the liar, the murderer, the wicked one, the roaring lion, the serpent. Here in verse three, he's called the tempter. None of those names are good. And, And listen, Satan wants to ruin your life. And take you to hell. And if he, can't, if he can't take you to hell because you've trusted Christ, well, then he wants to ruin your life. That's his goal. That's his plan. And if Satan is not afraid to tempt Jesus, we can be sure that he will come after us too and tempt us. Temptation is a certainty for all of us. But listen to this promise in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that's a verse you should memorize, by the way. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. That means we all face the same temptations in life. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to. To bear it. God is faithful to always provide the way of escape from every temptation we face in life. So no one can say, I, I couldn't help myself. I, I, was, I was helpless. I was uh, overpowered. The temptation was too powerful for me. I had no choice in the matter. No, God promises to provide a way of escape. It's up to us to take the way of escape. That God provides, but there's always a way out. He always provides a way out. So Jesus is tempted by the devil. And notice also in verse two, when the devil came to tempt Jesus after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights and he was hungry. The idea here is that that Jesus was at the point now where he's literally starving to death. And so Satan came to tempt Jesus when Jesus was in a physically weakened condition and vulnerable. Not when Jesus was at his best and on his game, but when he was at his weakest physically. Listen, Satan watches your life, he watches my life, and and he waits for an opportune time to tempt us. He waits for when we are at our most vulnerable. Satan and his demons may, may come to tempt us, Uh, Right after a a spiritual high point, you know, Jesus was baptized in chapter three. You know, the father spoke from heaven, Holy Spirit descended. He begins his public ministry. And it's right after that he goes into a temptation right after this high point. Satan may come right after a high point. He may come to tempt us when we're tired. He may come to tempt us when we're alone, when we're exhausted, when we're stressed, when we're physically weak, when we're sick, when we're hungry. 
when we're in a crisis. Satan may even come to tempt us during a holiday like Thanksgiving. when You're gathered with family members you don't spend much time with. You may see that as an opportunity. If you pay close attention, you will notice a pattern, a pattern of when Satan comes to tempt you. It's probably in similar circumstances each time when he comes or, you know, like every time you're tired, you know, or or every time you're sick or every time you're stressed out, the spiritual warfare starts. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We need to be constantly sober, constantly alert, vigilant to the devil and his demons and his strategies wise to them. And so here now, Jesus goes into the wilderness where he is tempted, where he is tested for 40 days. Now, remember, Matthew writes this gospel to who? The Jews. Very good. I asked one of, we were sitting at lunch yesterday at my kitchen table, and I asked one of my kids, who is the gospel of Matthew written to? And he said, the world? No. Christians? No. The Jews. It's written to Jews. Jesus is testing in the wilderness for 40 days. Listen, it parallels the testing of the Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years. His testing in the wilderness for 40 days parallels the testing of the Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, The Apostle Paul even compares Israel's passing through the Red Sea to a baptism in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. They were baptized in the Red Sea, and then led into the wilderness where they were tested, just as Jesus was baptized and then led into the wilderness where he was tested. If you're familiar with Israel's time in the wilderness in the Old Testament, then you know that Israel failed their test. They failed many tests in the wilderness. Israel failed miserably during their time of testing in the wilderness. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul uses Israel's failure in the wilderness as an example for us of what not to do, as a bad example. He said in 1 Corinthians 10, he's saying, don't be like Israel in the wilderness. Don't follow their example. But Jesus, in contrast to Israel in the wilderness, Jesus passed the test. He passed the test. In the wilderness, in a sense, Jesus was a substitute for Israel, succeeding where they failed, just as Jesus is a substitute for us, succeeding where we fail and we do fail. 
Jesus gets right what we get wrong. He, he, he's the, he's the, the, the perfect sinless substitute. Making him the perfect sinless sacrifice for us. Look at verse 2 again. It says, when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now there's no doubt in Satan's mind that Jesus is the son of God. So if here, when he says, if you are the son of God, if has the meaning of since, since you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Bread. And if you're taking notes, the word bread here is actually the Hebrew word for donuts. It's crispo cremo in the Hebrew, believe it or not. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Give me your attention. This test for Jesus, this test for Jesus was the temptation to use his divine power to satisfy his flesh. It's the temptation to use his divine power to satisfy his flesh. Jesus was starving to death, literally. He's at the point of death. And Satan says, since you're the son of God, turn some stones into bread. Just use your divine power to alleviate your suffering, to alleviate your hunger. Use your deity. Take your deity out. You don't have to suffer like this. Jesus, you have the power to fix this. With a a snap of the fingers. You can fix this. Now, why does this temptation matter? Why can't Jesus just use his deity here and make some bread? It doesn't seem like that bad of a thing. I mean, he, he's, he, he has this need after all. He's hungry. Why can't he just turn on his deity here and turn some stones into bread so he has something to eat? The reason is, listen, the reason is because Jesus is our example of a life lived in the power of the Spirit. And and he's demonstrating to us that you can live a life in the power of the Spirit. You can live a Spirit-filled life that overcomes temptation by the power of the Holy Spirit. If he uses his divine power here to turn the stones into bread, then that means the Holy Spirit is not enough for a victorious life. That means the Holy Spirit can only get you so far in the Christian life. But it's not going to see you through. That it's not enough power. And if he does use his divine power here. Well, well, then we could say, well, Jesus himself couldn't even live the spirit filled life. He couldn't even do it. And if he can't do it, we sure can't do it. Why even try? And so this, this is an important temptation here. Because he's, he is walking in the spirit. He's trusting the spirit. And now there's the temptation just to turn the deity on. And use the deity to alleviate his suffering. Right? And when you and I are walking in the spirit. There's that temptation. To walk in the flesh. To trust in ourselves. Trust in our own power, our own ability. Take matters into our own hands. Now look at uh, his reply in verse 4. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, man, notice he's answering as a man here, not as, not as the, the, 
a son of God, but as a man, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How did Jesus reply to this temptation? With the word of God. With the word of God. He quoted scripture. And Jesus will answer every temptation in this passage with, it is written. He quotes scripture. He used scripture. And I want you to to get this. Jesus used scripture to overcome temptation. And this shows us of our need, your need, my need to diligently, daily read our Bibles. We need to hide God's word in our heart. We need to know this book. We need to know this book and know it well. And we need to quote it. Not just have some vague ideas of some Bible stories. We need to quote it. We need to be able to to, to respond to times of testing with, it is written. We need to quote it. We need to quote the Bible when we're sharing Jesus Christ with other people. When we're talking to people about the Christian faith. Quote the Bible to them. Tell them what the Bible says. Don't tell them your thoughts or your opinions. Even if your thoughts and opinions are correct, quote the word of God to them. There's power in the word of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and have done all to stand. There we're told to take unto us the the whole armor of God. And then Ephesians 6 goes on to describe the armor of God. You know the passage, you know, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. All of the armor that's described in Ephesians 6, it's all protective. It's all defensive. It's all body armor. There's one weapon that is mentioned. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit, the word of God, is the one weapon that God provides for us to fight with, to stand with. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is a living, it's alive, it's powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. It even discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. I may not be able to discern a person's thoughts or a person's intentions. You may not be able to discern their thoughts or intentions, but the word of God can. And if I'm in a conversation with somebody, I can start sharing scripture with them. And the word of God will deal with their heart. And the word of God will deal with their intentions. The word of God will deal with their thoughts. That's our weapon. The sword of the spirit, the word of God. Sharper than a two-edged sword. We need to know how to use the sword of the spirit. We need to know the word of God and we need to use it. Use it against temptation. Jesus quotes the scripture. He's God. 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on from Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.